and Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. that the Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert to be tempted. Jesus is fasting for 40 days in the desert, and the temptation from the devil was somehow important enough that the Holy Spirit drove him to it. And he did it in the desert. Well, what's the desert? Desert's a place of loneliness. It's a place of having lost everything, of lack, of being utterly and completely alone. And fasting leaves Jesus hungry and weak. And in this place of aloneness and weakness, Jesus faces temptation. And what are those sins that Satan offers to Jesus? There's three of them. And at the root of each is actually the sin of pride. The first temptation is to change a stone into bread so that Jesus can eat. And it seems harmless enough. Especially, it's a, even it could be a good thing. Jesus is hungry, right? But Jesus responds, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word which comes from God. And that points to the temptation. The real temptation there was to declare himself independent from God. To say, I can take care of myself. I can make my own bread. I don't need my Father anymore. But even Jesus needs the Father, and he resisted that temptation to self-sufficient pride. The second thing Satan tempts Jesus with is to throw himself off the temple so that angels will catch him and raise him up. And God promised, angels will catch you and raise you up. And why not do something amazing? But at its core, that temptation includes two things, both trying to manipulate God by saying, God, you said this, so you have to do what you said, but also seeking that praise and honor for what the Father does for him. Both of those temptations are there, both manifestations of pride. Manipulating God would mean Jesus deciding for himself that he knows what is good and he's going to make the Father do it. And secondly, that honor which goes with having a miracle done for you belongs to the one who did the miracle, but often we can take it for ourselves. And then that third sin that Jesus is tempted to commit is to bow down and worship Satan, for which he's promised that he will have rule over the entire earth. Jesus is tempted to reject the Father's plan and to try to take control for himself to take to himself that ability to determine what's best and even to determine what's right and wrong. Even if the only way to get that control is to worship someone other than God. It's that pride of thinking that he's in control, thinking that things would be better with him in control than with God in control. And there's, there's that sin of pride again. 
And sin at its core is almost always a rejection of God and an attempt on our part to take God's place in our lives. And that's pride. Pride was the sin of the devil who said he wanted to take God's place. Pride was the sin the devil used to tempt Adam and Eve, saying, God knows if you eat the fruit, you will be like God's, knowing what's good and evil. And Adam and Eve fell for that temptation to try to take God's place and determine for themselves what was good and evil. Jesus doesn't fall for that temptation. During this Lent, we have this book, The, the Prodigal, Prodigal, I can't say it, The Prodigal God, available for everyone in the parish. There's copies on the tables in the back if you don't already have one. And it takes a really close look at the parable of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 about the father with two sons who each reject him. And each son rejects the father, and on the surface, they seem to be very different. But each of them is actually showing a different face of pride because they both fundamentally reject the father and try to take his place for themselves. The first son, the younger son, wants that that self-sufficiency and that seeking after pleasure. And his temptation is actually very similar to Jesus' temptation to change a rock into bread. To take what the Father has given, but then to turn away from the Father and say, I don't need you anymore. I've got this from here on. I can take care of myself. And the younger son falls for that temptation. Jesus does not fall. Jesus recognizes and holds fast to his ongoing and eternal dependence on the Father. The older son wants to be in control. And his basic thought pattern is, if I do this, if I do these good things, then my Father will owe me something. He's angered by the Father's mercy, not because the Father's merciful, but because he wants to be the one who decides whether his younger brother gets mercy. He wants that power and control. And he also is trying to manipulate his father by his good works, by saying, hey, I've done these things, now you owe me. The older son falls into that temptation to try to control his own life and to manipulate the father. And Jesus does not fall for either of these temptations. He rejects manipulating the father, and he rejects that temptation to seize control. Jesus was fully human, and as such, it makes sense that he would face the same temptations that each and every one of us faces. And the temptations he faces are very similar to what we face, and almost all of them boil down to that fundamental rejection of the Father and the attempt to take the role of the Father to ourselves. And we each do it a little bit differently, but we're all tempted to take God's place. So temptation is the beginning of the story. It's the beginning of Jesus's story. It's the beginning of most of our stories. And it's pretty obviously that's the bad news. What's the good news? Well, the good news comes in two different ways for us today. First, Jesus has faced the same temptations that we face. And he gives us not only a model for how to respond to those temptations, but also he promises to be with us when we face those temptations and to give us strength when we face those temptations. The even better news is that the father is merciful to both of his sons. 
and he offers them his mercy. And each son needs only to have the humility to accept that mercy. We know that we fail far too often when we're faced with temptation, but we also know that the Father's mercy is infinite. And the word prodigal comes from that same root as the word prodigious. It means great. It means abundant. It means even extravagant or reckless. And when we fail, we know that we have a Father whose mercy is abundant and extravagant, and that all that we need to do is get up, turn to him humbly, and receive his extravagant mercy. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.